Welcome to the Queen's Bench podcast. Before we jump in, be sure to check us out on our website at queensbench.ca and make sure to follow us on all of your favorite social media and audio platforms. Now let's get started. If if there is an overarching theme for this specific episode, it would be go ahead. <laughs> it would be marathon that, not a sprint. <laughs> yes. Marathon not a sprint. <laughs> Little pop quiz for you there. Um yes. Needless to say, a lot of 1Ls who reach out talk about, mention how perhaps they didn't achieve academically on their midterms at the level that they had hoped. And my remarks to them are very consistent. Arguably, most of the people who I know who excelled on their finals were people who potentially didn't achieve at the level that they had hoped on their midterms. And I don't think it's particularly surprising why this would be the case. I think it does light a fire under your butt such that it helps motivate you to start working considerably harder. So it's a warning both to the people who did do well. Hey, there are people who, because you are graded on a curve, there are people who are going to start working a lot harder and who will have figured out how to write a law exam now. And also to encourage the people who didn't do well, like I said, to not be so afraid that those marks were determinative, but rather that you have a great opportunity to excel still. In most cases, your exams are worth what? Probably 10, 15%. 10, 15%. Yeah. I think the highest we had was 10%. So your finals are, are it's skewed so heavily in favor of your finals that, yeah. I mean, frankly, it makes your midterm grades other than for the 1L recruit, almost entirely irrelevant, other than public. Of yeah, course. yeah, which is uh, another topic in and of itself. Yeah. Um, other than public, you know, your marks didn't really matter, but it's important to get the lessons out of it because it's your really your first go around um, on writing an exam. So for the 1Ls out there, focus on making it a positive experience, no matter what the outcome was. I like and, that. And trying to, you know, reach out to your profs and figure out how you could do better, especially because luckily most people have the same props um, going to the second yeah. half and the first half. Um, and There's a great opportunity ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and building upon that, you know, what we're realizing is now that, you know, Alex has done the recruit and, um, and we both signed offers, is really a marathon, not a sprint because we've still got half of the way left. Yeah. And it feels like we've already experienced so much of it that it's hard to kind of it's hard to imagine what it would have been like if we weren't being cognizant of the fact that it's a marathon not a sprint um i hope that many of our classmates are in the same mindset but i'm very much afraid that people are just burning out yeah and uh i think it's wise to keep your eye out on the future and realize that you know you might as well take advantage of the other half of law school especially after recruits are done and whatever, which is like you have more of an opportunity to take courses that you actually are interested in, to learn, to use your time wisely, because the reality is once you're in the workforce, you know, results are all that matter and you won't have the time to dilly-dally and take things for interest as much. Yeah. Especially during articling. I heard it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. Um, so I think it's uh, it's an important spot in our career to kind of sit down 
and reflect upon what we've experienced, which God, it feels like, feels like it's been 10 years since I started law school with how much I've learned. Do you feel that way too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but also like, you know, we're both excited for the future. You're excited for what you have going on in the summer. Um, I'm excited to go back to my firm. And, um, you know, I look at things a different way now. I'm taking courses that I can see myself using in practice. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really focusing on developing the relationships with the people I, I connect with. And, um, and even, you know, asking professors about how things look like in real world and, and how you would bring this kind of application or how you would argue this kind of point. Um, which keeps me grounded, I think. Whereas in, in one L, I just had no clue. I didn't know what I didn't know. So I, I didn't know what things look like in the real world and how, you know, a case goes through the different stages and et cetera, et cetera. Um, what other advice would you share in terms of making sure you don't burn out? I, so it's, it's a bit of a double edged sword because, like I said at the start, I do think that if there is a semester to, work your butt off. It is this one. If you think about it, in some respects, this is the most important semester of your, of your life. These marks. You're saying 1L second semester. 1L second semester. Okay. Because going into the 2L recruit, those are the marks that they're going based off of. And while it's not strictly related to your marks, those are going to be, as far as I'm concerned, the most influential factor in determining how many, uh, virtual or on-campus interviews that you get yeah uh so there is that side of it you want to be very uh, i would wrap that up with saying you want to be very consistent and intentional in your studying book a number of hours per day where you're going to dedicate that time to doing work that said i think i think it is incredibly important to work efficiently that you have something else that you're looking forward to. Uh, of course, unless you absolutely love every subject that you're studying. Yeah. So whether it's the gym or or going to like, for me, I like to play squash with my friends. Mm-hmm. Book in a little time every week where there's something you have to look forward to that keeps you going, that motivates you to want to work hard and, and that helps you not burn out. I think it also will help you work a lot more efficiently. Uh, Again, work smarter and harder, but after first semester, you know very clearly what it is that works for you. Yeah. And don't second guess yourself. If you saw that something worked for you, irrespective of what others said, uh, I would double down on it. The other thing is, for me, what a big stressor was, was hearing about, I think law students love to to brag about how hard they work. Yeah. And no matter how hard you're working it somehow always makes you feel like you're not doing enough. Yeah. Uh, if there's one takeaway, I would say don't rely too much on what other people are saying. You can control yourself. Take care of that and don't concern yourself too much with what other people are saying. Yeah. You know? I agree with that. I agree with that. Do, would, you, would you say right now, and, and be honest, do you feel yourself burning out? Halfway through? I, I, I think I have the privilege of, I, I found my routine. I, I feel fairly confident that I know what works for me now. Yeah. I So for example, I'll, I'll just say what my actual schedule is. Every Tuesday, I play squash with my friends. Mm-hmm. Monday, my house and I will have like a little family dinner. 
these are just nice little treats in the week that yeah. that give you something to look forward to. Yeah. They're not overdone. Uh, these are in in the longest example, two hour events at the end of the day. You have your whole day to do work. Um, it's just a great opportunity to to sort of get away from law. Also, this is very small and minor, but try not to talk about your law school experience. Sort of, I'm being this is a bit ironic, but try oh, not yeah. to talk about your law school experience all the time. It, it's tough because it, it's all on your mind. It becomes mind. overwhelming. Yeah. You have people in your class in one L, especially who are are doing the one L recruit. Most people don't, and it just becomes stressful. Yeah, uh, you think about what you're not doing instead of what you are. So, just just try to take a little bit of a breather. I think yeah. would be my my biggest advice, but. Definitely, again, double down this semester and work hard because these marks could change your life. Okay. And um, seeing as you're somewhat of a networking expert. I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but. <laughs> I would say that. Um, I do love meeting people. I will yeah, say you that. Do. And you're a great people person and you present very well, which are all qualities I admire about you. Um, but seeing as now you've done the recruit. You're halfway through, you're looking more into practice now and, and what your life's going to be like over the summers and when you do your articles. Um, would you share some of your secrets with us about how to look forward to practice and meet people in the profession and make those really important early connections that will pay off later down the line? For the 1Ls doing the 1L recruit right now or or planning on doing the 2L recruit, I will say... I think the networking side of things is really important just because it gives you an opportunity to express your interest in a given firm in advance and to get to know where you might actually want to be. Also, thank you for your remarks. That was very kind. <laughs> um, I think the thing that people get wrong with networking sometimes, and, and to be very clear, I am by no means an expert, but I think sometimes people go into it thinking, a, it's superficial, or B, I need to get something out of this person. What can I get out of this person? That's why I should meet them. Yeah. If you flip the script a little bit and go into it thinking genuinely that you're interested in getting to know this person who's in a position that presumably you might one day want to be in as well, or alternatively thinking about what you might be able to, to give them instead of get from them, I think your conversations with them will be a lot more sincere because you'll, it, it'll just make you more interested in what they're saying. Now, yeah. there is, there are personality differences. Some people are, are a lot more introverted and don't really want to engage with others. And, and again, I just would strongly encourage you to reach out to people. It's like me with public speaking. I would say originally I wasn't the most comfortable with it. With exposure, you, you, I've actually come to love doing it. So I think the more you do it, reaching out to people, speaking with them, the more you'll actually come to like it and see how much valuable insight they have to offer and, and how interesting it can be to talk with people. Yeah, uh, I think that's actually a big reason why both of us like to do this podcast. We've already met really interesting po people who we've both interviewed and we've we've spoken to about interviewing. Yeah. And it's just I think it's just intriguing to see in a natural conversation, in a genuine way, where people are similar to you, different, how they yeah. came to like what they're doing and do what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, try not to be too too superficial about it and try to see 
try to engage with it in a genuine way and don't be overly obsessed with what you can get out of someone. I think things will come about a lot more naturally if you don't do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I found the same at work too. Like uh, ultimately, you know, most lawyers and people in the legal profession, they deal with BS all the time and they've seen it all. So if you're genuinely interested in somebody's life and you make a good faith effort to get to know them, you know, that'll pay off more than faking it. And you might, you might not get along with everyone and that's totally okay. Yeah. And that's just part of it. Um, the different firms have a different, uh, vibe and, and you might get along with one lawyer really well at one firm and you might not like a different lawyer at another as well. Yeah. And it's just related usually to personality differences or, or maybe you're not interested in that field of work, but yeah. at least that way, you know, you could help that way. It at least informs the way you go about your course planning, for example. Yeah. So speak with as many people as early as you can about as many different topics as you can. And I think you'll do yourself a huge favor at the end. Yeah. Another thing I found really helpful in terms of careers is uh, comparing notes with classmates. Yeah. Like the few people that did uh, work at a law firm or had an exposure to anything legal over the summer. I really benefited from hearing what their experiences were like because it allows me to situate myself, right? Like, yeah. do, I ha- do I have it good or do I not have it good? You know, am I happy or am I not happy? Well, it depends on what's out there, right? Because you have to be realistic about your options. It's still work. It's still a job. You still got to clock in every morning. Like, um, there's that too. And um, it's it's nice to also have a healthy network of students that you're friends with, yeah. So that you can benefit from their experiences and compare notes. And- well, your network with students is com- invaluable. Yeah. These are the people you're going to grow up with in the legal field for the next 40 years yeah you know there are going to be some some people in that group who who will no doubt be able to do you any number of favors and who you'll be working alongside yeah uh so i think again it speaks back to what we spoke about in our first ever episode but keeping a good reputation is is very important and i think again being as genuine as you possibly can in in your interactions with people will will go a long way my favorite quote I might have even said it before, but people remember the way you make you, sorry, uh, people remember the, ma- the way you make them feel a lot more than they remember what you say. Yeah. And I know that's certainly true for me. Uh, so again, I would, I would just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that professors are hammering home this semester for me is like your reputation is really, really important. Um, we're learning that in Civ Pro, we're learning that in family law. It just keeps coming up. It's a common theme, right? So having positive interactions and, you know, staying true to your word, not being a jackass, not, you know, just saying one thing and doing the other, your, your opportunity to start building that credibility is right now. And it's in 1L. It's in the first semester of 1L. Because if you end up practicing in the same area as somebody else that you went to law school with and, you know, you've done some shady stuff, that's going to get around. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... It's 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 smart to realize again building on the to that theme, point. People always remember the bad stuff and never the good stuff. So yeah, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. Is what I was going to say, right? Yeah. Like these are people that are going to be there for the marathon. <laughs> we started out saying there was one theme. I think we've introduced three. Uh, <laughs> there's a new theme every two minutes. Um, no, yeah. it, it is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's been a positive experience, and I think we're both enjoying it and looking forward to the second half what approaches did you find helped in your course selection course do you selection. look do you <laughs> do you look at 
That was a bit broad. I, uh, it was a bit ambiguous, I admit. Um, do you look more at who's teaching, how the course is graded, previous curves? What are you looking at in your course selection? For me, I don't look at curves at all. I don't even know how to look at curves. I'm also math, <laughs> math illiterate. I've always been. That's why I'm in law school. Um, so that's not part of it. I do look like, I do look at who's teaching and I look at what they're teaching. And that's largely it. Um, if I have positive. So you would say it's mostly interest driven. Yeah. Um, not outcome driven. Yeah. I think that also because I didn't even do the 2L recruit. So even from the from last semester, like it afforded you a little bit of leeway in, in taking yeah, things you were most like, interested I mean, in. I mean, I, I, I wanted to do well and things were fine, but, um, but it wasn't going to make or break my career anymore if I didn't get an A in a course. And so I felt more free to take things that I was interested in, perhaps even knowing that like, you know, that's a harder prop or it's not easy to get an outline for this course or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and for a couple of courses that I really enjoyed, you know, I told you my strategy, I like having an outline before I start a course and I did had nothing for them. And so I had to make things from scratch and kind of like juggle last minute during exam time to put lectures together and summarize things. But I learned a lot and it's stuff that, you know, like for example, insurance law, I took that course, very enjoyable, but it's also stuff that we deal at at the firm all the time. We deal with it all the time. Yeah. And so, um, and it was very helpful to situate myself and, um, that's also why I'm taking family law this semester. We do it at the firm. We deal with it all the time. And, you know, I, I have a feeling that even if it's not my most, um, you know, it's not the topic I'm most interested in necessarily, it would be good to, to know the basics and kind of be able to jump on a file and, and help on it without asking dumb questions that show that I've never taken family law in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's my approach. A lot of it, to tell you the truth, is, is the professors. I mean, I find a, a really good educator that I vibe with and connect with um, would really bring to life a, a topic that might otherwise be boring. Um, it just depends on the style of teaching and what I find most conducive to my learning. And also, like, I don't like uh, ways to, if, if, if the way the course is being taught is not efficient, it just turns me off the course. So that's a large part of my consideration as well. The I'll I'll add my two cents in my course planning at this time last year. Actually, the clinics weren't on my radar whatsoever. Fortunately, my tutor and uh, a, a good friend of mine said encouraged me to apply to to the elder law clinic, mm -hmm. and it was probably the best decision I've ever made. Wow! Uh, so and I've heard by and large really positive reviews about all of the clinics. Uh, I do think I wouldn't do anything differently. The Elder Law Clinic was amazing and it has been and continues to be. Blair Hicks, the director of the program, is phenomenal. Uh, so definitely apply. I know that there's a, a review session that will be recorded. That's what you'll be able to see based off when this podcast will be released. But definitely apply to a clinic. My preference yeah. is the Elder Law Clinic. <laughs> I, I gotta do that. I haven't done anything like yeah. that so far. The clinics also you get your you get your solicitor's credit that way. You get really practical experience. It comes up in almost all of your interviews if you end up doing the recruit. Uh also I think a lot of the people who do end up doing the clinics end up uh landing on their feet in the two L recruit. So again, there's there couldn't be more good reasons to want to pursue uh landing a spot in one of the clinics strongly encourage it yeah good um, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you've had such a positive experience um 
something I'd probably... <laughs> would you make. apply to one? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it what just would, wasn't on my radar this year for some reason. What but. piques your interest the most? Business law? <sighs> family law? Maybe, maybe I would say business law clinic. Okay. Elder law would be something... Definitely, I would say do your research because the, yeah. the demands of, of some clinics are different than others. Well, I'll, I The prison even, law is obviously very specifically directed towards people interested in the criminal law stream. Yeah. No, I mean, I, we'd have to chat off camera about it, but I have no <laughs> idea what elder law entails at all. So it's essentially a wills and estates clinic. That's a really good okay. question. Okay. I had the same question, in fact. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're essentially drafting, you're meeting with clients, which okay. I think is really cool. And also helps you hone in on your on your people skills yeah uh, in a professional setting and you're drafting their their wills and powers of attorney wow it's called it's nicknamed the elder law clinic not because everyone every client's elderly but just because the nature of the work is is one that calls into question uh end of life type matters yeah no that's that's actually really interesting i i did some of that work at the firm um i didn't realize that's what it was called yeah uh, um that's awesome yeah, yeah. no i, I, I you I even get it, really cool experiences from them too i i got to go to a maximum security prison at millhaven uh yeah yeah wow so it exposes you to some really really neat was it was things. it because like there was a witness or something you need to talk to there about? was no there was an inmate who who wanted to have a will drafted for them uh-huh. and uh i i was the one assigned to the file so wow I would oh. actually say, I, I would ask if you get to work in, well, prison law, you would obviously have to go to the prisons frequently. But if you're in the elder law clinic, ask to get a prison file because it's probably the only time opportunity I'll ever have to go to a maximum security prison. And it was fully like I was in a movie. Yeah. So definitely a very unique experience that I would recommend. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. And um, how was the prison like? It. It was a lot like what's that movie where he's escaping from the jails? Oh, Prison Break. It, it was a little bit like that. I, Is that the name of the movie? I can't remember. I don't know. But when we got out of the car, honest to goodness, I you hear bang, 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 and you were shot at. No, no, <laughs> no, no. That's what it sounded like in the background. So oh, like like slamming doors and that kind of. No, thing. no. It, it fully sounded like gunshots i think later it proved to just be uh target practice and like behind the prison but by prisoners no 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 <laughs> i'm just and, i'm kind of full of your leg um <laughs> so we waited a little bit before going in and then there was a uh a visitor <laughs> well it gets worse so you heard gunshots and still went in well we waited to see that the coast was clear it was the dedication of the of the elder law clinic yeah that's commendable so <laughs> okay we get to the first checkpoint where you sign in and there was someone who was kindly asked to wait on the side because they were suspected of bringing some sort of illegal substance into the prison for one of the inmates okay uh and this is within sort of two minutes of each other so like i i thought there was a film crew or something watching us and then we get into the gate one gate opens and then the next one closes behind you that type of an ordeal and then we get in and there's a whole dynamic with the security guards and everything like that but it was really really cool um that's amazing it certainly wasn't like uh what's the uh tv show where they it wasn't like beyond scared straight so it's nothing to be afraid of 
No, yeah, I mean, but I'm it was assuming you made sure you were safe. <laughs> yeah, we were very safe. Yeah, sounds like it was a couldn't have been more safe. Uh, but it was fun, and you get to do a lot. You get to meet a lot of again interesting people. Uh, drafting wills, you hear, I mean, people's entire life stories, which for me is, I mean, the coolest thing. Yeah. So it's if crazy. you like interacting with people, prison, uh, <laughs> elder law is the place for you. I remember doing a will and. Um... <laughs> And and litigating wills too, well, not myself. Like I was just helping. <laughs> oh, I went to court. Your Honor. <laughs> but uh, I remember doing one, and like the actual signing of it took like twenty minutes. Yeah, but, like the the weight of it is gargantuan. It's huge. Like it's it's binding as hell, right? And uh, and I just remember thinking like, wow, twenty minutes, and the fate is sealed. Like I mean, I'm sure like the, the person was super. Um, you know, the, the, the capacity was not an issue at all. They, they were happy to do it, blah, blah, blah. Like it was super legit. But, um, but I just remember thinking like, wow, this is like, I'm witnessing a really important event here. Uh, I'm sure if you're a lawyer and you are the witness for a will six or seven times a day, it kind of loses its, <laughs> it's, 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 it's value to you in that way. But, um, but to me, it was like, I better make sure I remember, you know, what's said. <laughs> it's what's like, done. I'll tell you what it re- what that story reminds me of. The first time, because I used to sell uh, jacuzzi hot tubs. Uh-huh. And the first time I ever put a sale through, it was for a, about a $14,000 hot tub. Mm-hmm. And I remember as I went out to the cash register, it was only a deposit, obviously. But I remember thinking, good grief, I don't want to mess this transaction up because <laughs> these are serious dollars here, you know? So. Yeah. It does, when you start working in the professional world, it does put things into a different perspective. Yeah, like... It's not here. a game anymore, you know? Yeah, there's like, there's real I'm... stakes, real people's lives that you're affecting, which also makes the work that you're doing, especially in law, a lot more meaningful. Yeah. It's exciting to be able to impact people's lives in a significant no, way. Oh, yeah, I felt honored that I was able to, you know, share that experience with them and, and do that service. There's one of our... Uh, one of my good friends in the Elder Law Clinic the will that he drafted for someone was so meaningful to him wow. that for the subsequent two weeks, the following two weeks, sorry, he had all sorts of goodies, sandwiches, <laughs> different packaged goods delivered to him there at the clinic no because this individual was so grateful. So you are really uh, affecting people's lives in a big, big way. And you get this opportunity as a student in your second year. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So no, I'm glad you had a really good experience. Now, now, honestly, you're you're attracting me to to the to any, <laughs> any clinic. It's just something that um. It was awesome. I don't it know is why awesome. it, it wasn't on my mind when I picked courses, and uh, I just wanted to get as many credits done. I was thinking very linearly, like like as if yeah. it's an undergrad. I didn't. Well, realize- that's the thing. You get per semester four credits. You get eight credits total, so you're yeah. not really compromising in terms of credits. I didn't realize that. I yeah. didn't really do that much reading. I I was um. I was traveling when course selection came up, and Fair. so I was... Uh, well, so that's... No, you bring up a really good point. You need to be on the ball earlier. The applications yeah. are yeah. now, yeah. pretty much. By the time this comes out, you'll... Yeah, no, I, and that's the other thing. I hadn't even began to consider it, and uh, I guess people were talking about it, but I was really busy, like, actually studying for 1L, and so um, I just kind of tuned everything 2L-related out because I didn't think it was the right time. Wrong. In hindsight, you should keep your eye on the future. But um, but yeah, by that time, I think also in the summer when I was asking about clinics, everybody was like, are you crazy? It's, it's been like six months since we got our our applications for that. And uh, it's just, you know, yeah, it didn't happen for me. But 
something to look for in the future. Okay. Before I forget, I do want to say for anyone who's made it this far in the podcast, uh, especially one else, if you have questions, a lot of you already do take the liberty, but definitely don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yeah. I think we're really happy to answer questions. Yeah. In addition, maybe I should save this for the end, but I'll say it now. We have been super happy that the podcast has attracted as much interest as it has so early on and that we even have people reaching out who who want to be guests and whatnot yeah uh so if you have recommendations for who you might want us to approach as a guest i think we would both be really happy to know who those people are and we would be happy to try to get them on yeah and otherwise yeah if if, if you like it leave a like comment I feel like a YouTuber saying this, but yeah, I mean, um, I guess we should tell people where to, where to find us. So, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Mukhtar Hindi, or you can find me on Instagram, Muk Hindi, M-U-K-H-I-N-D-I. I, uh, I, I, uh, deleted all of my social media, so you won't find me. Yeah. But, uh, there might be a comeback in the future. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, another great spot to reach us is just the Queens Bench podcast, uh, instagram page and then we'll put you in touch 